Well, haven't spoken to you in a while. It's 2.30, New Orleans time, and it's Cindy Legaretta coming to you from the Sky Cave. And this is Telescope of Memory. In pod we trust. <laughs> um, those of you who check in on my Facebook page know that I have been in the process of working on a, a terrific project, restoring a Cajun-themed quilt. And before I came to New Orleans, I lived in New York for over six decades, and among my many incarnations, I worked for McCall's Patterns, and I taught sewing, and I did, I did an awful lot of needlework. Um, and there were occasions where I got to do antique restorations of old garments, uh, vintage clothing, such like that. But this is really, really special because it's a bit of local history. And I should mention to those of you who don't know, Ricardo lived here and worked in New Orleans for many, many years before he met me. He had a storage facility across the river in Harvey. New Yorkers, um, I can tell you that Harvey is to New Orleans what Astoria is to Manhattan, okay? It's just a short drive up the pike. And anyway, he had this storage facility for years and was married before, and his late wife, Ernestine, had a sister named Lorana. Lorana was a very gifted seamstress and textile artist, and she saved linens and antique laces. She really had an eye to look at something and say, you know, this would make a great pillow cover. This would make a bang-up tote bag. I do many of those same things, and I have a hunch that if Lorana and I ever had gotten together, we would have become fast friends and workmates in the restoration of these things. So anyway, Ricardo had that first batch of things stored against the back wall in our storage facility, which is called Lock and Leave It. I call it Love Them and Leave Them. <laughs> and then in 2012, by that time Ricardo was living in New York, it was after Katrina. He and Ernestine had divorced, and we had a wonderful basement right next to our apartment. And in that basement, we had huge amount of storage. So in 2012, the building management made some changes, and we had to move out of that space. We no longer had the use of it. But I must say, for New York, where people absolutely go nuts for any inch of storage space, we had that space, or I had it, for close to 15 years. So Ricardo flew down to New Orleans and got Betsy, our van, and drove back up. And we boxed and packed a great deal of things. So that was the second batch of storage, and he drove it back down. 
And now just recently, when we made our move from New York, we had a van full of stuff as well. So uh, George Carlin is right. You sure get a lot of stuff. Then you get married and you have your wife's stuff or your husband's stuff. Then you have kids and you have your kids' stuff. (laughs) Well, of course, the upside of that is you never know what you're going to find when you go into an older storage area and you haven't properly labeled anything. So it doesn't say Frank Sinatra records or tennis shoes or antique laces. So you take potluck, take a small knife, slice it open, lift it up and go, "Uh," or wow. Well, I came upon Lorana's textiles and it seemed that this was part of a group and Ricardo had put a quilt in there years ago from a New Orleans thrift shop called Bridge House. Now, Bridge House is still in existence. There is one out along the highway in a place called Airline, and there's one close by here uh, on a street called Earhart. I know those shops very well, but the original Bridge House had a kind of a dump bin, and years ago, before I came down the pike, Rick or Rick and Lorana, were pawing around this discard bin, stuff that would have wound up in garbage bags and been carted away by the trash men. Well, about a month ago, we just picked a few boxes at random in the Harvey storage facility, and I pulled one open. And there, about halfway down in the box, these are big carton boxes, Um, where you'd put maybe four or five large blankets. That's how big they were. They're not those uh, office file boxes you can get at Staples. Uh, I know you know the, the size I'm talking about. And I pulled this quilt out. I'm sitting here in my room looking at it on the wall. And I have to tell you, although I've never given birth, this was as rewarding as having had a child. Um... I poured my heart's blood and love into it. And those of you who've been watching us on Facebook have seen the pictures and the work that I've done and running back and forth to Joanne's fabric and deciding, making decisions like whether or not to use the ties at the very, very end, which are tied with, uh, they're called surgeon's knots. It's actually a double knot with an extra on top, and then you clip it. And its function is mainly decorative. But with this, with the little picture in the middle, I didn't want anything to interfere with the design because, as you know, I have fallen in love with this little Cajun fisherman. Um, So anyway, Rick pulled this out, liked the look of it, but at that time, and the quilt he put into this storage box way back a long time ago, was not what I'm looking at now. This has been completely redone and reborn. Uh, And like I say, I am mighty, mighty proud. Um, The back of the quilt, when it was in its former incarnation, or I should say its original uh, condition, had, it looked like it had been attacked by a pack of dogs. It was all torn up. The batting was exposed. It smelled... Um, of mildew and age 
and it had some discoloration and spots on it, which I must confess, there are still discolorations and spots. But um, it has taken me, as I said, um, some weeks of work, and I am justly proud. By the way, I've had two firm offers to buy this, and paying myself about $15 an hour with all the work that was involved, the value of this should be anywhere between $1,000 and $1,500. It's not a coverlet. It's a piece of folk art. And what I have done with the top is I've run a dowel through it the way you might hang an antique Japanese kimono on a wall. Very, very similar idea. And so now it hangs here and I can just stare at it. Um, But the old one, the original, when we pulled it out, I laid it across the table, and the first thing I saw was this little fisherman, this little Cajun fisherman, in a boat that is called a pirogue. And written across the boat says, A Coon Ass's Dream. And it's signed at the bottom right by a woman named Vicky. So the signature is intact, as is the funny little caption. Now, coon asses are, that's a derogatory name for a Cajun, except just like black kids who knuckle bump and say, yo, my nigga, what's up? When they speak to one another, it's a way to self-identify. If you say it to a Cajun, you say, uh, coon ass, you better be prepared to get your jaw busted. Um, Cajun culture is fast disappearing. My very wise brother-in-law, Marco, happened to mention that, and I wholeheartedly agree. And one of the reasons I took this project on was that I knew at the end I'd have a piece of history and a piece of art. Um, much of the work that Vicky did on this, and I could feel her looking over my shoulder the whole time, um, was done by hand. There were just a little bit of machine stitching where she took the binder, the green binding, much like a blanket binding, those of you who sew know the terms I'm using and you understand. Um, one end of it, one side of it was done by machine and the, the rest of it was ironed, pressed, folded over and sewn by hand. So I was able to save all of that. But in my tearing everything out with a seam ripper and it came apart rather quickly, I neglected to take out one little section of stitches, which I didn't realize until later were Vicky's, not mine. So I was closing this up and I was coming to the end stretch. I had put an old blue sheet on the back, which was a kind of a smoky color, and it was also old and worn. I didn't want to use anything new because it's flashy and it's like incongruent with the whole piece. I wanted it to look like if she had done it as a small let's say a crib cover or a a lap robe, it would look just like this. Um, As I stitched up toward the end, I looked and I noticed that the stitches were going the wrong way. And then it hit me, the penny dropped. I said, oh my God, those are Vicky's stitches. I was stitching right-handedly and she was stitching left-handedly going in the other direction. And instead of pulling them out, I just stitched over hers and I said, welcome back to your quilt, my sister, or I said something funny like that. And I, I found it to be a very moving kind of a, a moment. Um, the little fisherman is wearing a red woolen shirt. His cap, 
is cut from green corduroy, and his pants are dungaree denim. And somebody said to me, well, why don't you use Tylex, which is what I usually use when I'm repairing or restoring antique lace. Uh, it gets uh, mold off of showers. It's quite effective. But the problem with this is if I were to clean it, I would wind up with gorgeous clean spots all over. And I would detract from that. It's not a sepia tone, but it's not white either. And it was done on a, a kind of a cream ecru color sheet. And it's the little fisherman who's sitting with the sun up above his head. And there's two fish. There's a blue one on the right and a brown one on the left. And he's got his fishing pole down on the water. And, of course, his dream, the, what Vicky is illustrating, is the dream of fishing and enjoying. And if you know anything about Cajun culture, you know that the Cajuns, originally Arcadians, if you say Arcadian fast, you know where the word comes from, um, they lived on the land and they lived in the water and they lived off the marshes and the swamps and uh, whatever was there, you know, to be caught, eaten, trapped, tamed, cultivated, it's what they did. And uh, my brother-in-law, Marco, is right. It's a disappearing culture. And I am honored and proud that I was able to do this and that I was able to do it with a fair degree of skill. All of the skills and talents I have as a seamstress went into the recreation and rebirthing of this. And I put three knots on the bottom and three on the top. I made a kind of compromise. I didn't want to screw around with the design. I wanted the little fisherman to be absolutely the star of the show. And so I put three stitches at the top, almost where the binding begins, and three again at the bottom. I also took the turquoise, which was the corner binding that Vicky had used on the original six-foot square version of this, and I was able to clip them carefully, cannibalize them, and reduce that in size so that it became part of the binding of the new piece. Um, and the dowel was something I just had in the shop. I stood there, you know, looking around, and I knew. Rick said to me, if you take a look, I bet you won't have to go buy this. I bet it'll already be here. Well, I'll be darned. It, it was indeed. Um, I'm just really, really pleased at how well it came out. And I, I will confess, I have a little fantasy of someone hearing this podcast or seeing this the pictures online saying, Vicky was my grandmother. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, but anyway, um, there we are. I was able to steam press this with a pressing cloth and get out many of the wrinkles. It looks a lot better, but it is never going to be squeaky clean. And frankly, it needs a little funk to sort of... Uh, you know, hook the fish, bang the gong, whatever you want to say, drive the nail in. Um, it, it's it's quite a quite a unique piece. And we live four flights up, and as soon as this rainy weather clears, I've invited my brother-in-law to come over and look at this. And I guarantee anyone who sees it in its completed state is going to foam at the mouth and probably offer to buy it. Well, um, like I said, the... Um, Cajun culture is fast disappearing, so I almost feel like a curator. Um, I will be hard put to do anything 
as satisfying. I'm not saying it isn't there buried in the back storage bin against the wall yet to be brought out and unearthed. I have found some wonderful things. My next project is going to probably be some lace work or some needlework. I'll have to see the way the way my personal wind blows, but I'm really going to be looking at this now and and just admiring, yes, I'm bragging, patting myself on the back, but feeling good that I was able to use my skills to uh, restore what is definitely a unique piece of art. I guarantee I will never find anything again like this. So um, please visit me on my Facebook. It's Cindy Legoretta, just the way it sounds. And I've already put up some pictures, which uh, those of you who have been following me know that I am in the words of my friend Valerie, discoverer, the state of discoverer. And I'm always discovering cool stuff. So I know there's other goodies out there. If not in the storage bin, they're going to be under my feet. I will trip over them, whether they're Navajo silver, discarded towels, or a Cajun coon-ass fisherman from the dump bin. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Anchor, for bringing this to all my peeps. Love you.